This is the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and I'm your host, Kat Bean Hansen. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Today's message is a throwback to early September as we share with you the message from our Labor Day service. This is Pastor Emma Peterson with her message, Shaping the World, the Modern Day Labor Movement, and the Hope for a more equitable future. Recently, I was catching up with my friend, Sophia. Sophia and I met when I was in graduate school. She is a rough and tumble person, tremendously intelligent, but saddled with social and economic factors that made accessing education and its promises particularly challenging. In the, in the 12, about 12 years since I've known her, Sophia has fought the odds and completed an undergraduate degree in chemical engineering. She's currently pursuing a master's in mathematics. She is also a stand-up comedian and grassroots political organizer. When I met her, she belonged to a band of local hip-hop artists who performed in really dingy nightclubs in New Haven, Connecticut. Sophia is covered in homemade tattoos and has an air of don't mess with me that comes from growing up in poverty in the inner city. I was drawn to her all of those years ago because of her radical politics, biting sense of humor, and what I'd interpreted as a deep desire for community wrestling with a cynicism honed over years of being mistreated and beaten down by the systems we are forced to exist within. She'd always been a cynic. And even though I'd observed an evolving compassion and spirituality, I'd assumed she'd always retain her pessimistic view of the world. While we were reconnecting, I expressed with her my own despair over our collective future, a feeling that began creeping in in the early months of the COVID pandemic stoked by non-existent governmental protections and the ruthless individualism that sabotaged the opportunity for collective growth during shared crisis. I've shared with you somewhat about the spiritual crisis I've endured over these last two and a half years, and while I can gratefully attest that I've healed beyond some of my initial disillusionment, I still find myself waffling in hopelessness from time to time. I expressed this feeling to Sophia, to Sophia, fully expecting her to share it. Actually, Sophia said, the telephone line crackling between us, I'm feeling really hopeful these days. What? <laughs> I replied, uh, hopeful? Uh, how? Why? 
Because of unions, Sophia replied. Unions. Yes, the powers that be remain ruthless and devoid of compassion, but Sophia had long held out hope for the resurgence of community-based collective organizing. We've recently witnessed a resurgence of collective bargaining and a renewed focus on workers' rights across the country. As it appears, Sophia has gotten her wish. The John Deere workers' victory in our own state, the spate of unionizing Starbucks, and the General, Mil General Mills cereal strike gained media attention, but a brief glance at the blog for the American Federation of Labor and Congress displays a record of what seems like endless pages of emerging unions across America. People are remembering that power lies in the collective, and at least for my formerly very cynical friend, their efforts are restoring hope in the hearts of millions within America's workforce. The very first recorded strike in the United States occurred in 1768, when journeymen tailors protested their slashed wages. Now, a journeyman is someone that has a particular skill like carpentry or tailor work who works for somebody else, someone who's not an independent contractor. 26 years later, in 1794, the Federal Society of Journeymen Cordwainers was formed, marking the beginning of sustained trade union organization among American workers. The very first Labor Day, celebrated in 1882, was, a, was meant to be a day of protest. Labor Day has always been a day to protest and to strike. A day for union workers to strike and protest unfair conditions while also taking a day off to spend with their families. Now, in American history, the popularity and success of union efforts has ebbed and flowed, with unions increasing post-Civil War and World War I, waning during the Roaring Twenties, surging again during the Great Depression, and then waning again mostly because of governmental regulation during World War II. Because of the wartime effort, unions were prevented by the American government because they needed people like women and people of color to be making the widgets in the factory. When we jump ahead to the 1970s, immigrant and minority workers saw tremendous gains in, un in their union efforts, and unions continued to gain strength until the 1980s when Reagan's policies crushed the spirit of collective organizing. And that effort began with punitive measures leveled against striking aircraft controllers in America's airports. Many of you probably actually remember that. I see a lot of people nodding your head. Sherry is raising her hands. I, I think it was a pretty big deal. Um, and if you don't know about it, um, I did just a little bit of reading uh, when I was writing this sermon. And if you're looking for something to feel like really incensed and indignant about, um, I recommend reading about 
what Reagan did uh, to the air traffic controllers. The first thing he did was when he was a candidate, he wrote to the strike organizers and he told them that if they elected him, he would support their efforts. And then after he was elected, he did a bait and switch and he took that all back. It was really, it was really slimy. And if you don't know about it, read about it. In 2008, unions were largely responsible for the election of President Obama. And today, President Biden has proudly declared himself to be the most pro-union president in our country's history. Well, the U.S. government remains astoundingly in the pocket of massive corporations, regardless of the ruling party. This is a nonpartisan issue. It does appear that at the very least, the system can no longer ignore increasing inequity and unfair labor practices. Today, each successfully unionized Starbucks, each publicly supported workers' strike, each impassioned plea for, co for collective paid sick leave, each plea for humane maternal and paternal leave policies, and the insistence on equitable and livable wages bolsters the collective labor movement. Finally, finally, the citizens of this country are remembering the remarkable power of joining together to fight for a mutually beneficial cause. Over the last decade, we have witnessed the increasingly alarming growth of fascism and extremism in our country. People have been disenfranchised and they are suffering from the effects of capitalism, which expects constant increase in profits beyond the capacities of the worker and a rampant cultural individualism, which isolates us from one another and makes us believe the lie that people don't care about the well-being of other people. Any population suffering from decades of kneecapped upward mobility, lack of social programming and services while being manipulated by xenophobic scapegoating is at risk of falling under the spell of fascist politicians. Fascist ideologies offer solutions, however bleak and wrong they are. Fascist politics exalts aggressive, nationalistic, and racist ideologies, while achieving population control through centralized government and dictatorial leadership. Fascism gains control with severe social and economic regimentation and punitive oppression of any opposition. While fascism aims to isolate and divide, solidarity movements like union organizing are the absolute antidote because they offer hope and proof that we can improve things together. The present day labor movement, like the movements throughout our history, encapsulate two primary virtues that exist in a feedback loop together, and they are courage and justice. Human beings, especially when in isolation, are not innately predisposed to justice. 
especially collective justice. The reasons for that are complicated, likely has something to do with our evolutionary inclinations towards survival above all else, combined with a society that benefits when we isolate ourselves and exist in a scarcity mindset. And still, humans are remarkably resilient, capable of surviving in even the bleakest circumstances. But when we survive in bleak circumstances, it only contributes to hopelessness and isolation. While our hearts might desire justice, our isolation from one another stunts our capabilities in bringing justice forth. Justice in this sense means people get what they need and what they deserve to live safely and comfortably, not because of how hard they work or how able-bodied they are, but by the very fact of their humanity, by the inherent worth and dignity of their personhood. Justice cannot be achieved in isolation, and our isolation stunts our ability to act courageously. Justice is not possible without courage, and courage is accessed through solidarity. When people recognize that even the most colossal of foes can be conquered by acting together, their courage is bolstered and the fight for justice more easily won. Y'all, the systems that run the world these days have become untenable. The rent is too damn high and the wages are too damn low. It has literally become too expensive to live. The deck is woefully stacked against the individual and it is high time that we recognize that we are stronger together than we can ever hope to be alone. It is within our collective power to dismantle the systems that oppress us. It is, it truly is within our power to tear down the structures that no longer work for us. It is within our power to create a world that is more just and fair for all people. One unionized Starbucks, one successful contract negotiation at John Deere might seem in the grand scheme of the world's problems to be small, but these victories are bigger than many of us realize. They demonstrate the potency of collective power and they send a message to the rest of the workforce that not only is collective bargaining possible, but the boss simply can't run the factory when the workers refuse to push the buttons. They are beacons of hope in a world teetering on the brink of despair. They are evidence of a more hopeful future. When I first met my friend Sophia, she was a nihilistic atheist, preferring the certainty of science to the realm of the unknown. I've observed with quiet amusement over the years as Sophia has, le has leaned into the metaphysical. She's become more spiritual as of late, just as she's become more hopeful in her beliefs of the potentials of human society. 
When I told her I was writing a sermon on the new labor movement, she responded with something that again surprised me. My atheist nihilist friend referenced the Christian gospels and the theme of workers' justice that is woven throughout them. You want to talk about debt relief? Read the gospels. It's all about debt relief and forgiveness of debt. Read them. She then compared labor solidarity with beloved religious community, noting that mutual care, which expands beyond what might be considered socially normative, must be at the forefront for any sustainable, successful, beloved community. Mutual care, courage, and justice. Mutual care, courage, and justice. Three ideals inherent in our universalist covenant, rooted in a dedication to caring for one another as we ourselves desire to be cared for. It begins here in our small CVUU village where we exist for the purpose of mutual flourishing. And when we do it well, when we continue to show up and keep trying, even when it is hard, even when we are faced with challenging circumstances beyond our individual capacity, even when the world beyond our walls stubbornly resists our attempts to shape it into a more just and loving place, when we lean into the purpose and action of beloved community, we get a taste of the kingdom on earth. Unitarian Universalists aren't particularly concerned with the great beyond. Whatever is in the great beyond is beyond us, and we can't control it, and we don't know what it is. So our purpose, our work is here on this earthly plane, firmly rooted in the now, with sights aimed towards a collective future. Our courage comes in our commitment to continual relationship with one another, and the justice we desire, like liberation, is and only is collective. The world is changing, and we have the power to change it for the better. So, support your local unionization efforts. Fight for fair wages and an achievable standard of living. Never cross a picket line. Support businesses that pay fair wages. Refuse to let a single soul seep through the cracks in a broken world. We are always, always, always better together, and we are better because we are together. May it be so because we make it so. Amen and blessed be. This has been the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists. The music is by Nathan Moore. If you want to learn more about the CVUU, visit our website at www.cedarvalleyuu.org. And you can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at Cedar Valley UU. 
We welcome visitors from anywhere to virtually attend our services on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you'd like to learn more about joining us for a service, send us an email at cvuupodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.